Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media present Second Z's Cubed with your hosts Ayla Hadi, Allison Weaver, and Johnny Pinea. Second Z's Cubed is a technical podcast dedicated to critiquing and celebrating performing arts and inspiring the next generation of creatives. Welcome back to another episode of Second Seas. This time, we have the honor of going to China. And, and we will be looking at a production by Peking Opera called Lan Ling Wang. And this is about, um, or the Prince of Lan Ling. And this is a very, very old Chinese opera. Um, and it is about a gentleman named Gao Su. I got it right, mm. Gao Shanggang. And um, yeah. he was a high-ranking general of the Qi dynasty. And he was given land in Lanling, which is in Shandong province, which is very, very beautiful in China. And he is also, of course, the prince of Lanling. And uh, he is the grandson of Gao Huang and the fourth son of Gao Cheng. So he was not the first son. First son, of course, is the inheritor. And he was the um, very, very, one of the most handsome people uh, at that time. And he would kind of put on this character while going to war with a very fierce mask. And so he uh, was a very, very strong leader. And basically one of his exploits was he led only 500 cavalrymen and fought through an army of the Northern Zhou forces, which were attacking the city with 100,000 people. And he fought his way to the gate. So it's a very, very valiant warrior. And um, he of course, um, defeated this army. And so the song of the Prince of Lanli is entering the battle camp is the great mass dance, which is one of the most prominent parts of this performance, always has been performed throughout the years. Um, there's also some other dances that are known to Japan right now, but have been lost to China that have been performed along with this character. Um, now, of course, uh, this, this gentleman's, uh, would try to stay away from politics as much as possible, had a lot of family problems and eventually, um, uh, came to somewhat of a tragic end as I understand. So, um, there is, it's almost like when he goes to war, he takes on a different character or to, uh, to defeat his enemy. Now, he also, of course, uh, their legend says he was one person that was determined to have only one lover. And so they say that this seer lady came and could tell his future was tragic, but she fell in love with him and tried to stop that future from happening. And there's many, many legends surrounding this piece of work. So today we actually have the honor of of discussing this piece. And one thing I will say ahead of time is that this piece is considered one of the jewels of Chinese opera, and it is considered to be one of the premier 
premiere pieces because it involves acrobatics, flames, uh, acting, dancing, singing, the whole bit. And it's kind of like a circus, if you will, but but more formalized, formal circus is how I would describe it for the casual mm -hmm. viewers. So if you, dear audience, would like to check it out, we will provide the links in the show notes as usual. Uh, there, the first two parts are available as such, uh, thanks to um, the, uh, who was it that promoted? This was thanks to the Office of Tourism from Spain. So what we're going to do is this time we are going to, of course, be sharing our critique and our praise for the piece because there is a lot to be appreciating as well as to critique because uh, one thing the audience may want to know as well is that Chinese arts are kind of coming back after a slight mm -hmm. downturn. Um, and now it is slowly coming back to become one of the prominent uh, arts presenters again on the world stage. So I feel the for China, China is in a little bit of a transition artistically where they are finding their new feet and they're becoming back to what they have been in many, many, many years, which is an excellent source of art and culture for the whole world. So I feel that right now for China, they're coming into a new creative place and a new place of excellence. So um, that is my interpretation of how arts are developing in China personally. And I look forward to seeing where China will continue to go culturally and uh, also as it develops more of a sense of self in this time, how it will continue to grow artistically and creatively as well. And I'll just add one anecdote as I was at Pre de Lausanne this week, and I was very pleased to see that China was represented in the semifinals and that they have one finalist. This shows me that the quality of the arts teaching has been definitely improving for China. So this is all my little introduction. Uh, apologies to the audience for the length, but I think now that gives you, uh, the audience a little bit of an overview of the art scene. And the other anecdote I will mention too for China is that China is doing this excellent thing where they are beginning to promote arts in schools again. And so I'm very much looking forward to this and looking forward to this discussion. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us once again on Second Z's. So whoever would like to start, please do. And we will uh, be more than happy to hear your initial thoughts. Should I kick off? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, that's Johnny. Uh, you know what I love about the, the, the Peking Opera? It's, it's, it's incredible because what all, all uh, you know, performances, not all, of course, but, you know, a lot of the traditional performances are carrying a history. You see, not only the history of performing, but the history of the country as well. You know, and legends yes. of that country and of the heroes, <laughs> and the, the you know, and, and the fallen. And uh, it's honoring that. It's honoring the past and carrying it forward in the best way possible, the way it was carried forward in the past. Now, Laling was also the founder of the official first uh, opera group. Mm -hmm. 
um, um, back, I think, around about 1100, 1200 AD. Oh. Um, which was beautiful because they were called, that group was then called the Pear Garden, you see, mm-hmm. yep. if I'm correct. Yeah. And mm. even today, the, uh, the, the members of the opera will be called Disciples of the Pear Garden. Mm-hmm. So I find the, the, the crossover between, you know, what they're performing, you know, the legend of, and uh, also giving, giving respect to, to the original founder of the first, uh, you know, group. Um, and and the the style is just divine because the style is made entirely. You know, if you want to equate it to Shakespeare, um, it, it's it's like it is in a way because you know you're dealing with crowds, big crowds, and then you're doing performances. Now at that time, very often performances happening outdoors, um, two big crowds. To find that mm-hmm. ability, now if you listen to the voices, it is a, a, that kind of training that is required to be able to get the specific tonality oh, that yeah. the artists are using. Because that is the tonality that travels the furthest. Mm-hmm. And it also is mm-hmm. the clearest. You see, it's very clear and it travels. But it's not just speaking very like in, 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 in the higher registers. It's not about that. You know, or singing in that. No, mm-hmm. it's got a whole different timbre going on underneath it. You know, that gets developed. Yeah. Um, the skill of the the actual actors and singers or whatever, the artists, the skill of the artists is phenomenal. Every movement that is made is specific. Every movement, every eye, every like a gesture, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. specific. Each character is known because, you know, you come into like, let's take it backwards now. We're not dealing now. Let's, let's, let's look at it like let's put ourselves in what would be a marketplace. And there's mm-hmm. lots of people in the marketplace. You're right at the back and right there hey, over, over everybody's heads, you can see this, this, this stage over there. But the people on the stage are wearing these incredibly bright clothes and they have the certain kind of makeup on them and they have certain movements and they speak in a certain way and they have certain facial and body gestures which tell you immediately who they are. Ah, that's the villain. Ah, mm-hmm. that's the, the guy who plays the comedy. That's your, that's your comedian. That's your lead man yeah, or lead woman. You see, so all those things are very clearly denoted. And then the, the actual uh, step from where it used to be just the, the, the lead would actually do the singing, which was developed more from a kind of um, uh, a poetry. It, it, it seems that it came from like taking it and putting it into rhyme. That's why I likened it to Shakespeare. The same thing, putting it into rhyme. When you put something into rhyme, um, you must remember at a time when there was no radios and there were no you know, externals, the only thing people had was conversation. It was it was the spoken mm-hmm. word. The spoken word then at that time was 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 very very cherished, and uh, uh, yeah. not only cherished, but the people's minds moved a lot faster. Uh, the mouths moved a lot faster, and so mm-hmm. did the minds. You see, mm-hmm. because there there wasn't the extra luxuries of things doing it for you. Um, that was it, you know, uh, right. conversation or, or storytelling was it. 
Yeah. So, and, and apparently, I, I mean, I wasn't there. I mean, I, I was at that time in the Nile Delta, 1100, 1200. Um, so like in, in China, um, it, it is a practical issue that, that is addressed. Absolutely. You see, of how you convey a story in the most entertaining way that is clear to a large group of people has a, uh, mm -hmm. a storyline that is not at all, you don't get very like muddled in there. You know, you, you're not going to get like, you know, sidelines. It is a clear storyline and can be enjoyed. So henceforth, there was the enjoyment visually. There was the enjoyment uh, audially. Like you'd hear it. And, and it took that step from going from verse and into a singing. You know? Yeah. Now, and, and the tonality of the singing is, is, is so specific, you know, it, and, and, and really is. It's, a, it's half between what you could almost say uh, a chant sound, you know, in other words, using those, those a Buddhist type of, uh, you know, that area where you, you're using a tonality within what mm -hmm. would have been a spoken word and has now developed into singing. Um, and then, of course, the gestures, I mean, and then the acrobatics, and then on top of that, the dance, oh. and then on top of that, the amount of discipline it is. And I look at the people, and I mean, we're not, a lot of the people that are performing in, in the piece are not like in their 20s, eh? Oh, yeah. They're not, no, no they're not in no. their 20s. No, 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 they're no, older. no, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and these guys, these guys know what they're doing. Man. And the beauty about it as well, exactly similar. I'm not doing like Western East. All I'm doing is, is I'm, I'm drawing a line for if anybody is, you know, like listening from the, the West is to get the understanding of in performance, especially when performing from a, a place of history. You know, that goes as far as, and I mean, the, this form of, 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 of opera or theater can go as far as 600 AD. Mm. Um, it's got a long, long history and a very treasured history. And it's a way of conveying not only uh, great events that have happened, great events that are happening as well. It becomes a, a form of, of news to the people of the time and a record of history. But uh, that within that, to maintain that till to this day, what you're seeing today might be like possibly a, a little bit more advanced in certain ways, but essentially remains the same. Mm -hmm. In that is holding on to a tradition, a tradition of performance. Now, like, where I was likening it was like, so you will have the actor, dancer, whatever, who is skilled at playing certain parts. He knows mm -hmm. these parts. He knows the part of the clown in such and the clown in such. He's the clown. So when you're looking for your clown, you can phone him up and you say, hey, dude, can you pull in? Right, bam, you can arrive. And then the very next day, he can walk on stage and know exactly all the lines, all the moves, everything. Right? And then you've just got to like shift him around a little bit. That's the same thing as like with having roles, you know, it's what, what was going on back then with, with what's-his-face, you know. You'd arrive there as an actor. You had no idea if you were going to be on stage that day. You didn't know that. So if he did decide that you were on stage, 
He would just simply take out a roll of paper that had your lines on it. That's all. Not anybody else's lines. And there are directions in the actual uh, writing that give you an indication of when somebody's going to actually come in after you or in between you or reply, whatever. Or you're going to leave or come in. But uh, so that's what you would do. You would take that, and that's what the, the guy would work with. Only his role. You see, that's what's the role. Same here with the with the opera. I've noticed that the opera, you you know, you you, you have your certain performers who perform certain parts, and they do it very well. And and that that then becomes your speciality. I hope I'm I'm on the right. You know, that's as as far as I know, and. You know, I'm not a proficient. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, I'm not like a you know authority yeah. <laughs> on anything. No, 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 no. But it's the most beautiful thing <laughs> to look at, man. It's the most beautiful thing to look at, and and uh, to watch the skill. And oh, man, you know, it's it's it's. I understand what you mean by likening to to like you know, it's an event. That's what it is. It's an event. It's what it's yeah. a big event. It's a massive event. Oh yeah. You know? And and uh it's a it's, it's a it's, complete production, is what I I, I call it a circus way. because it's hard to describe it otherwise. It's it's all out, yeah. man. It's like really hauling it out. It's like you bring it out and you smack it down, you know. It's it's like it's not about the scenery. It's not about this. It's about the performers and it's about the costumes. So it's incredible costumes. Yes, yes. I don't even want to start thinking. Yes, what, what 100%. Kind of, uh, what kind of materials they are made of. The intricacy of them. The, 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 the way they shine. Embroidery. Yeah, they shine. The detail. The detail in the makeup. You know, mm. the detail in everything of, of, of every performer's like, you know, way of presenting themselves. And even though they might be doing a very visual yeah. presentation, within that visual presentation, you look up close, that actor is truly embodying that character, you know, to the best of their ability within mm -hmm. it. And, 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 and it, it's, it's, we've become so used to a movie culture. But if you want to take it to the true integral roots yeah. of, of what is theater or musical theater or opera, and you look at something like what the Peking Opera have done here, it's, it's a, you know, it is a, a work of majesty, as far as I can say. I mean, as far as I can, you know, for me anyway. So thank you very much. The amount much of expense that. that they will put into these productions is unreal. Correct. Unreal. Yeah. 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 Next yeah. level, like whoop, there goes yeah. your Broadway. Who money floating out the window? No more than Broadway. More than Broadway. These people spent way more. A lot of money. It's the crown jewel. So, like maybe like a Royal Opera House level kind of production. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, go uh, ahead, Aya. You can share your thoughts about it. Oh. Um. <clears throat> So this is unlike anything I've ever really been exposed to, but I was prepared for that. You know, um, my uh, background in the Chinese arts is limited and I knew that going in um, and growing up, you know, in different cultures, I was also aware that um, 
different geographic locations will sing in different ways. There's mm -hmm. different tonalities, different ways to produce um, songs. And that was something that I was aware of, for instance, like in the Middle East, from what I've noticed. And again, I'm not a professional singer or musician, but in the Middle East, it's like more coming from a deep bass part of your body the singing um it might be a little more um deep um the the way that the sound comes out and the voice sort of brings out the singing um of course with the this opera it's pretty much like the opposite of that but um i think with the arts you, it brings you a new appreciation for different cultures and different ways of doing things. And I really appreciated that as soon as I started watching the video. It's like a three hour opera. Um, and I tried reading up on the legend beforehand. <laughs> I think that with this opera, they may have gone with a different version that's not available <laughs> on the internet. So for the beginning, I got confused about exactly what was going on. I'm like, wait, <laughs> who's this character relating to to this plot point that I read on the internet? Um, but then I finally uh, understood it and um, I loved the experience. For me, it was a feast for the eyes, truly. Um, absolutely sumptuous. I was mesmerized by the costumes that Johnny had mentioned, the the embroidery, the um, headpiece, for instance, that the queen wore, mm. and the like, the level of intricacy of the masks. I mean, the masks, mm. and it mm -hmm. just kept on coming, mask after mask, and each one was distinct in style. And I couldn't like help but just marvel at the visuals of the video. And I had to keep on reminding myself, stay on task with the plot so you can really keep up with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved how at the end of it, even though the, it is this grand epic tale filled with like um, betrayal and, uh, you know, fighting combat, that type of thing, it really, the heart of it is family and mm -hmm. a traumatized boy and familiar relationships, things, themes that all of us can really relate to or have experience with, despite it being a story of this um, grand prince from almost thousands of years ago. It still has that relatability at the core of the story. Um, I know I did say that I loved the costuming, but there was one thing that I found a little distracting and I'm not sure if it if it's like, a deliberate style uh, choice or you know if there's a cultural significance to it um but for instance with the king and then i think with some of the uh advisors the ones with like facial hair um you know of course mm. it's like fake beards fake mustaches but it, for me it was a little distracting because it was like covering their mouths um, oh yeah that's so a stylistic I didn't choice know. yeah Okay, yeah, but they do that yeah. a lot. They do that a lot. It's supposed to add to the comical factor, like the kind of making yeah. fun of the advisors okay. and the king in a like yes. subtle way. It's not like intentionally yeah. Like, yeah. disrespect, but in some way, it's a little bit of a making fun of them. It's, it's okay, taking yeah. it over the top a little bit. You yeah. know, a lot of things yeah. you've got to do. A lot of things are tongue in cheek. You know, 
It's, oh it's yeah, it's little mis- little like, expressions. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there's so many things that are tongue in cheek, in, 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 <laughs> yeah. very much visually as well, especially visually. But that is like a prime example, you know, yeah. of it. You know what I'm saying? You don't do a moustache, you do a carpet. Yeah. You know? yes, Get absolutely. a nice shaggy yeah. carpet and cut it up and put it on. You know, make a statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I think it's just my obsessive side was coming out because I was like, let me just try to reach my finger through and prop up the thin mustache above the mouth. Like, let me... <laughs> I need to do it. He walks on stage. <laughs> I'm dancing. I'm sorry, this is a segue, but I'm doing flamenco dancing with, with Rose. Oh, wow. Now, Rose, she doesn't feel anything, you know? Yeah, we're in the middle of this dance. It's just mm-hmm. the two of us, eh? Just the two of us doing it. And Rose keeps on hitting me on the head. And she keeps hitting me on the head and I'm wearing a hat, right? And, and I'm trying to focus on like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm counting, you know, and I'm trying to like, and I'm thinking, why is Rose hitting me on the head? You know, and it's, it's, it's a full house. And you shouldn't be hitting me on the head in a full house. Eventually she knocked my hat right off my head. Right off my head. And I'm going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And she's going, this is right. And I said, well, what did you do? It was apparently there was a spider on my hat. Um, or what looked like a spider on my hat. Rose is terrified of spider, but I mean, it's just it's very funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't even know why I told you. That. That's a good story. I like it. <laughs> I don't blame her. I would be having a full-on freakout. There's lots of those stories. That's wonderful. Rose doesn't. She feels nothing. She goes straight for it, man. Bam, you know. (laughs) I love it. Oh gosh, a couple stories. Yeah. Yeah, So the. I think for me, for this, unless are you done? I I don't want to cut you off. Sorry. Oh. I'm done. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) <laughs> to interrupt. That was a lovely story. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, you were saying something, Allison? I was going to say something, but I didn't want to cut you off. Oh. Were you oh, uh, yeah. Um, with your observation? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'll continue. Um, yeah, continue. I'm so... going to get the rest of your observations because I have plenty, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was something that for me, but I'm like, I'm thinking it's deliberate, but, you know, just make making sure, like putting it out there. Um, and then the acrobatics, of course, was just fantastic. The, going along with the visual feast sensation that I was getting throughout the whole experience. Um, and a thing that really struck me is that usually with dance, um, with the way people dress, it's kind of, you know, the more tight fitting it is, the better so that you could show off the lines and the movement in a more clear fashion. But with this opera, even though it was like very loose baggy um outfits you could really they did such a fantastic job with conveying the story conveying the emotions especially with um the main character mm-hmm. Lan Ling, because he didn't actually speak that much but he really 
told the story of his struggles through the acrobatics, through the dance, and he's wearing masks through most of the performance. And despite that, you could really get a sense of his raw emotions through the movement and that movement still came through despite him wearing loose long clothes um so i mm. felt like that took an extra layer of talent to really be able to do that and even with the queen she had you know such thick makeup and you know a lot of things going on she uh was kind of more of uh, <clears throat> even with her movements she wasn't over the top with her movements she wasn't spinning around on the stage like uh the prince but despite all of that she was still able to convey gravitas her heartbreak um all of that she's able to convey it through um like fluid but small motions um and that was something that i had really enjoyed uh the set design was unlike most set designs that i've scene it's simple but intricate at the same time meaning that you from what i've noticed you don't have a lot of clutter a lot of pieces moving around but it makes an impact at least for me um and then there was a note um so the acrobats were wonderful but i did notice that there were certain group sequences where um the timing wasn't right for all of the dancers i think it was the part where um they were dancing with their shields um mm. was it in the second half but i mm. noticed that there were some timing issues there were a group that seemed to have it precise and then others that would sort of <laughs> lag with that movement and um i think it's because there was so much precision throughout most of the um opera itself that those moments it did kind of stick out to me um and yeah i really enjoyed watching this i feel like i have been exposed to a new art form um and definitely been exposed to uh some new history <laughs> Um, and I just, I am in awe of what the actors were able to accomplish and the costume design. I mean, just me, myself, imagining putting on all of that heavy costumery plus the heavy makeup and singing mm -hmm. and moving. I mean, I would be sweating buckets out there. I would be mm -hmm. out of breath, but they did it with so much uh class with so much grace and i i am in admiration of that we'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode this episode was produced by alma pictures and baker street join us next week for the next episode of our podcast thank you merci gracias gracias danke and have a great week